then let us get started. Okay, so counting down in five, four, three, two. Hello, everybody. This is the Two Sides of a Coin podcast. My name is Nkozi. Also on the podcast is my co-host, John. You want to say hi, John? Hello, everybody. Good afternoon. And yes, God bless good food. All right. So we're going to talk about a Netflix special. We're going to talk about the Redeem Team. As you know, that is the very famous 2008 USA basketball team that went back and won the gold. So we're going to talk a little bit about that, but only after John gives us a talk about one of the restaurants that he's been to this week. So, John, lead the way. Yes. So I am a big fan of I'm a big fan of fusion restaurants i love a good fusion restaurant and when i was a kid growing up i was always told oh if you want a fusion restaurant go to brooklyn i was like okay i maybe go but maybe i'm not but then again i really do want to go but maybe i'm not but then it's brooklyn brooklyn i know for so much i know only only thing i know brooklyn for is good Caribbean food, good Greek food, and a good slice, you know, a good slice, depending the style. Yet, when the pandemic happened, a lot of that went, a lot of my favorite spots went out the door, especially in Brooklyn, especially in Brooklyn. And a friend of mine put me on to a chef who goes by the name of Chef Daniel, when my good party promoter friend met, came across him, he was like, "I gotta tell the, I gotta tell John about, this. gotta tell John about this guy." So he's like, he's like telling me, "Dude, dude, dude, you gotta, you gotta eat in Brooklyn. You, you need to come and check out pop up spots in Brooklyn. They're like all the craze now." And of course, he was right on the money. I've checked about a good, a, a couple of um, chefs. Uh, one I'm going to also mention in the future, I met a lot of them. And these chefs are going to, uh, wait for it, yeah, they're going to blow your mind with all this good food, and it's all coming into Brooklyn. Surprisingly, it's all coming into Brooklyn. A couple of these um, chefs are opening in other areas like Manhattan and the Bronx, but the big ones that are coming to the table are combing Brooklyn and setting up shop as we speak. And the first person who set up shop that I came across is Chef Daniels and Downtown Johnny. Now, Downtown Johnny is American comfort food with a southern twist with the Spanish take on it. And I gotta say, Chef Daniel is a chef that knows how to play my heartstrings. I mean, literally, I've gone to his pop-up shop 
I was I just fell in love with his with, which I will recommend to everybody. If you go to Downtown Johnny, you got to try this first. Just try this first. His chips and artichoke dip. Now these are chips made from scratch. No, 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 no one's no. He makes the chips, and literally, it is so good. The chips and artichoke dip, amazing. I actually love this so much. I had hired him to do my birthday dinner for my uh, when I turned uh, thirty-four. I hired him for my birthday dinner, and it was so good. Like he brought comfort food on like a whole nother level. I ended up have I had a Caesar salad that I didn't at first. I thought I was gonna like just like devour this whole salad, but like at first bite, I was just like, "Nah, I'm gonna take my time with this." I'm going to take my time with this. I mean, the level of flavors that he puts into every single dish, it's like if me and you, Kennedy, were, 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 were having a competition of who can have the best, who can bring the best flavor to, to, to the palate. Like, literally, it's like he's, he's, he's having... Uh, like he he's even having a chess match with himself on how good the uh, how good the dish is going to come out, and I am just in awe every time I've gone to downtown Johnny's. I've been there four times, and uh, Kennedy, I think uh, we can raise the number of times I put my foot in my mouth again. Yeah, that that sounds about right. But go on, man. Yep, sounds this place yeah. sounds good. Yeah, so. This place you gotta go. I mean, I've gone with without my my lady, and I've been reprimanded constantly. But it, it was only two other times. Only two other times. Only two other times I went without her. Only two. Couldn't help it. But the one thing that for all my spicy connoisseurs out there, you have to. If you go, you must do the Diablo challenge. Now the Diablo challenge, like um, my humble co-star Kennedy remembers how I would be at Buffalo Wild Wings. This challenge per se is, makes the Buffalo Wild Wing blazing challenge look like a taste testing of how hot can you handle? Like what level of heat can you really handle? The Diablo challenge doesn't none of that. The Diablo challenge just say, "Hey, if you're gonna step into this kitchen, better be ready to take on the heat." Like literally, but it, 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 in, in, instead of Chef Daniel, probably be it's more like like whoever you can picture as a chef that would capture and overwhelm you. Yeah, that person. And that's what—that's how every—that's what you're gonna get every time, whenever you bite into anything Chef Daniel's bringing to the table. 
because like I had a Diablo challenge. Diablo challenge was the Diablo wings, the Diablo burger, and the Diablo fries. Now, I warn everyone who listens to this podcast and follows on page. I am warning you, approach this challenge with caution. If you cannot handle heat, do not do the challenge. I don't care if the t-shirt looks awesome. Don't do the challenge if you can't take the heat. Because trust me, it's hot. Oh, it's smoking hot. Yeah. It is really hot. Which is the reason why the number went up to four. <laughs> I'm telling you. Like, the burger is just, it's on like a broach, kind of like on a broach bun. And it just from first bite, it's like, mm, it's, it's, it's mesmerizing. Like, you don't even, when you bite it, you barely run into the spice. Until you get into that, like, I would say maybe third or fourth bite. Then you meet that spice. And when you meet that spice, oh, 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 it's going to have some fun with you. Oh, yeah, it's going to have some fun with you. Now, you can increase that fun if you can't take the heat and you want to, you just want to, you just want to go, you just, just, you just want to just burn yourself on the inside because you don't care. Feel free to also have the Diablo sauce with it on the side. Ask for it on the side. Now, if you like dancing with the de- with danger, then get to make sure to tell the waiter that you want it on the burger already, as opposed of it being on the side. Now, here's the thing: if you get the Diablo sauce on the burger, okay, it's going to be it's super 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 spicy just to let you know it is spicy but it is savory like how they say the bourbon pretzel bun cheeseburger at Wendy's is yeah it's that savory it's it it, it, it even made it's so it's more savory than that burger because this is like more of an artisan burger and yes, with the Diablo fries, it's going to set your insides on fire. So that's why I say, if you can't take heat, don't do it. But if you can, feel free. Definitely get those Diablo fries, and don't hold you. Don't don't do not cheat yourself, please. If you if if you call yourself a heat connoisseur. Don't treat yourself and say, oh, I'll just do the Diablo burger and fries. No, no. Do the whole thing. Do the whole thing. Do the wings with the fries and the burger. Trust me. You're not going to regret it. I kind of regret it a little bit because I like this, um, the Diablo sauce. I'm a big fan of that Diablo sauce. I'll put it on everything. Actually, I have. 
I put it on a cheese omelet. And I mixed the last little part of it into a salad. That's as far as I went. I do have plans to go further, but you know, I don't I don't know how how um regular I can be going to downtown Johnny's and asking them for the Diablo sauce before they'd be like, look, you gotta pay for it now. But yes, definitely check out um downtown Johnny's. Also, it they have very great vegan options too. Very great vegan options. My wife had this um cauliflower broccoli dish with um vegan cheese on top of it. And it was good. I mean it was so I, I, I I'm not I'm a fan of vegan stuff, but really that took the cake. I mean I liked it. I actually ordered it twice. And then being that my plan was when I went, I was I had an expect I had a focus on reviewing another big dish on their menu, which is their seafood tacos. I didn't even get to order the seafood tacos. I was just like, yo, this dish right here is kind of treat me right. And I did, though, I did end up um, getting the Diablo burger with the uh, Diablo fries, but I got it to go. And man, even if you get it to go, yo, it is good. But it gets spicier, you know? That's all I got to tell you. That's all I got to tell you. That's all I got to tell you. Definitely, definitely check out Downtown Johnny's. Feel free to help yourself to his spinach artichoke dip with chips. Or you can also check out for my spicy connoisseurs. I should tell you spicy connoisseurs only, but... Nah, if you feel you could take the heat, why should I tell you not to try it or not? I mean, I tried it, and everyone thought everyone till this day he was he's trying to figure out how, like, like he actually said, um, reminded me of some he his expression of seeing me eat the hot food, Kennedy. Reminded me of that, that that time we was at Wild Wings and you was like, so my friend's going to have um, all a lot, like probably 50 wings. And yeah, um, he's a glutton, by the way. <laughs> I don't think I said that exactly. Did I say that exactly? I might have said yeah, that. Yeah, you exactly. did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm not, I'm not going to, I don't remember it, but I probably did. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I wasn't wrong, though. No, no, no. And I'm I'm slowly but surely putting aside my gluttonous ways. Right. I did say I did in, in my defense, I did say slowly. Slowly putting aside my gluttonous ways. Slowly. Fair fair enough. Fair enough. But this place sounds pretty yeah. good. Yeah, it is, man. You really gotta check it out. Um downtown Johnny's is located on 629 East 17th Street, Brooklyn, New York. Definitely, guys, check this place out. 
Um, I definitely feel this is going to be like one of those restaurants that could be like one of the hidden gems of Brooklyn because where it is, it has like that, the whole decorum is like outside and it's comfort, American comfort food, you know, it's like comfort food fusion. I don't know if that's a thing yet, but if it, if, if, if by me saying it, yes, I'll put it into the, 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 Twitter sphere and hopefully it'll come back to me and then I'll be like, yes, I said that. I said that. You know. You'll say. But yeah, I feel um as a this place as a hidden gem in Brooklyn is like stuff like restaurant wise, the restaurant flow in Brooklyn is definitely making a comeback. You know, especially after the pandemic. All right. Well, that is good. Uh, so, let's get to our main topic. And that is the Netflix special, The Redeem Team. And I know we've talked about this before with the Netflix specials. But Netflix actually is getting, I think, a pretty solid, uh, a pretty solid, you know, reputation for sports specials. I mean, they've had, they've had a lot of pretty good ones on there. You know, yeah. I mean, The Last Dance was a Netflix special, yep. you know, and we talked about the Manti Teo documentary. Mm-hmm. That was incredible because I don't think either one of us knew half the stuff that was going on in there. Nope. Um, we there were also a couple of others that are kind of interesting. We might talk about like the and one uh, documentary, although that one's really mm-hmm. short. You know, so yeah. I'm not sure that would require a full episode. Um, nah. But this one, this one isn't as short. This one is an hour and a half long. And this is about the 2008 Redeem Team. Now, I remember yeah. this. A lot of people remember this. And this was after U.S. lost in 2004. They mm-hmm. put together this team of individuals that were really, really good. In order to get back the gold for the U.S. who'd barely lost in basketball, even on the collegiate level, let alone NBA professionals. Right. And I I liked it. It was it was OK. I, it was interesting to see some of the information. I think it was more I knew pretty much all I knew pretty much most of it. So. When it came out, I was like, okay, this is kind of interesting. But how how did you feel about it, John? I thought it was very interesting. I really got an interest because, like, I pretty much watched most of those games. I pretty much watched all those games. I didn't watch I didn't watch all of them. No, I watched pretty much all the games. I may not have been paying – I wasn't paying attention – I only caught like certain parts in every game, but this, this, these matchups that our dream team was going against, it was just pretty much like the game evolving, you know, which every basketball player wants. Everybody, every basketball player wants to play, to play against an evolving opponent. 
a constantly evolving opponent because it challenges your own ability as a basketball player. And when I saw when I saw the first the first when I when they announced who was going to be on the um, USA team after that loss, I was like, yo, I was saying like, yo, we got Carmelo, we got LeBron, we got Wade. I mean, I'm not really a fan of Wade. I'm more of a fan of Carmelo and LeBron at the time. And I was shocked when they lost that, that game. I was like, what? Uh, like my biggest goal was my biggest problem with it was is that which I, a lot of people said that could have been the possibility of why they didn't win is because they didn't really have enough I felt they didn't have enough time to for all those players to gel you know yeah yeah, they I'm... did not have enough time for all the players. Yeah, because if they did have the time they did, it would have been a different outcome. It would have been a different outcome compared to like when they finally started gelling, and then boom, now we're going to add this player, and then this is what's happening. Like, I honestly felt, even though after we started to gel, I was like, this should be a W. What is going on? You know, you got Carmel Anthony, you got D Wade, you got LeBron James, and then you got all, all these other all stars backing them up. Allen Iverson, come on, you're telling me Allen Iverson, LeBron James, and D Wade with um, Bosch, that's not a strong squad to just win the whole thing and call it a day? Like, I went, I went, I went to the point like, I was playing, I bought, like, every single game, like, every 2K I I put my, I, I could get my hands on, I bought and I played consecutively to the point I got to that one 2K where you could, like, create your own player. And I was just, like, literally, like, there's no possible way. They should have. They they should have. I mean, there's possible ways, of course, but with those all stars matched up, they shouldn't have lost. You know, it should have been. It should have been actually. It should have been a. I personally, I wanted it to be a slaughter with all those um, all stars on one team. I was expecting a slaughterhouse every single every single match. Like I looked at it like when I seen it at first, I looked at it as, oh my goodness, we just created the Harlem Globetrotters as a USA team. You know, we just in my mind I was saying to myself, we just we didn't re we didn't recreate the dream team. We just made it we we just added new members. Dream Team trying to be like the um, just the next Justice League of America, you know. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's how I felt about it. And every game, 
leading up to when we actually won, I'm just like sitting at home and like looking back and forth from my father and then watching the TV. I'm, I'm like saying to myself, dang, like, huh. I guess like it, it, it brought something that my father said at when they were playing, um, what was it? What was it? Um, I think it was Croatia. Croatia? No, not Croatia. Um, when they were playing Argentina, my father was saying, pay attention. Because, you know, the, if you want to be a good basketball if you want to go pro and excel on that level, you have to be able to play multiple styles of ball. You can't just play that little street ball way you, you I see you play now. You know, you got to be able to play on multiple levels, different mindsets, you know? And I was just like, well, you make a good point. And then when they brought Kobe Bryant into the mix, right, at first when I heard about it, I was like, oh, this is just him trying to get redemption. You know, for all the bad press he's been he's been in, you know? But another part of me thought, nah, I think he's really the only reason why he he's really doing it because like he said, he's sick of, he's sick of seeing them lose. You know? Oh okay, so it sounds like you really love this special because you really just wanted to see more of Kobe Bryant. Not just more of Kobe Bryant. I really kind of wanted to see um, the behind the scenes on how um, they managed, like, what did they, like, what took place? I really wanted to see what took place to the point. Yeah, what took what had to take place? For them to actually, when they showed up against Spain that in that game, what led to that? Because when I watched that game, I was like, a part of me was like, they're jelly. Everything I've been saying about them jelly, boom. But there was so much more to it, you know? And when I watched it, I was like, oh, I didn't, okay, oh, okay. I didn't know that, you know, like one thing I didn't know about how um, and understood was when they talked about in the documentary how Kobe Bryant was, how everyone else went to party, have fun, right? And then as they were returning to the hotel, as soon as they return to the hotel, they see Kobe Bryant heading to the gym, you know? He's getting up early, heading to the gym. He's like, dude, I got something to prepare for. I ain't got time to party. And that that's the one thing I, 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 I favor about Kobe. You know, Kobe was about like, look, I got an opponent. I need to win. And no questions need to be asked. I mean, what's your opinion? I mean, 
Kennedy. I don't, don't want to, you know, I don't want to talk because uh, uh, I don't want to talk anymore because I sound like a, I feel I feel more like a like a like a like a Kobe Bryant like, fan, like a Kobe Bryant fan, really. But we know who my who I'm really a fan of, which is Kobe Bryant. No, the, no, it's not Kobe Bryant. I'm, you you've talked most of this time about Kobe Bryant. So who who are you really a fan of? Dude, I'm a fan of um, Patrick Ewing, man. Patrick Ewing wasn't really even in this documentary. No, he wasn't in it. But I'm just saying, as as my all-star player like, that I favor and love, it's always been Patrick Ewing. You know? And next to Patrick Ewing that was in the documentary was Chris Bosh. You know? Okay. And uh, I, I, I am a big fan. I am a big fan of Bosch. But yeah, I'm going to, you know, I don't, I, I don't want to walk into uh, saying something I, I shouldn't have said. So I'm giving you the floor now. All right. Well, I, like I said, I liked it. I didn't love it because I knew a lot of information. I did think it was interesting to find out a little bit more about uh, Jerry Colangelo. I knew most of the stuff that was happening with uh, Coach K when it was happening. Like when he was bringing in people to talk to them about like what it means to be an American and all that stuff. I already knew that when it was happening. Like I remember that. So a lot of this was just things that were regurgitated to me. You know, right. and I think probably the biggest probably the biggest failure of this documentary is that it paints the picture that however unintentional that until Kobe Bryant got on that team that team was not very good and I think it I think it doesn't do a good enough job to emphasize how good some of those international teams were. Like it focuses a lot on the US, but I don't think it does a good enough job to emphasize how good like Greece and Spain and Argentina and Venezuela. Like at the time, we know why they were wait, good. Wait, don't forget Croatia. Don't forget Croatia. Yeah, I won't forget Croatia. You're you're absolutely correct. We remember how good those teams were because those teams had legitimate NBA stars on there or guys who were slated to go to the NBA. So that's the big reason why the and that's the big reason why international basketball caught up. It wasn't only because they were playing together for years. It was also the fact that some of the guys on that team that they were playing together for years was NBA caliber players or were playing in the NBA at that time. I remember when Bargnani went back and he was playing for his national team and Bargnani was dropping 30 on people like every single game. And it was disgusting. Andrea Bargnani just destroying teams by himself. And, I think they didn't do a good enough job in terms of letting everybody know what their competition was. 
it wasn't just the world had caught up to us. It was we had fostered the world in the NBA and that information had gotten back out to the rest of the world and now they were on our level. Oh yeah. You know, that's that's the only that's the only problem I had with the documentary because, you know, like when they were talking about like when they're talking about Greece, when they were talking about Venezuela, they really did not talk about how there were NBA caliber players on that team. How these were guys who they they talked about, you know, Pau Gasol a little bit, but they didn't even mention like this is Pau Gasol. This is and this is Pau Gasol. He is a big time NBA player, top ten at his position, and he's playing on this team. That's the level of talent that we're facing. You know? Like that would have placed it at a much more that would have placed it, I think, at a much more even note to be like, this is the reason why we need this redeemed team. Not only because the international game is caught up, but because the NBA game has spread to the point where now ev- a lot of nations in Europe have NBA caliber talent or talent that actually mm-hmm. play in the NBA. And yeah. I mean, stop stop me if I'm wrong, but I just feel like that's one thing that the documentary completely failed at emphasizing. No, no, you're right. Yeah, absolutely right. You know, I mean that the Venezuela team, the Croatia team, the Argentina team were so deadly because they had multiple NBA stars. Mm-hmm. Like if you were to replace like two or three guys on that team, it could have been an NBA team. Am I wrong? No, you're not. So, you know, like especially the Argentina team. That Argentina oh team was stacked. Goodness. That Argentina team <sighs> could have been the starting five. For an NBA team. In fact, all the people on that, the starting five for the Argentina were all starters in the NBA. So they absolutely could have been an expansion team in the NBA and been successful. So, yeah, I I just don't feel like they did a good enough job emphasizing how good the competition was. And I Mm -hmm. think that would have offset why we needed the redeemed team. Because it's just like we can't put out our college level talent because the college level talent is now playing against NBA players, legit NBA players, not NBA caliber people who are actively playing in the NBA at the highest level in the world. I, I just don't think it did a good enough job, but that's that's just me. No, I agree with you. I would I I wouldn't be surprised if they um did a follow up on that talking about all the players that were um associated and that were like individual like talk about Argentina's team and Croatia's team and Spain. Can we get about Spain? I wouldn't be so I I I would be shocked because I get to finally see a team I really wanted to um. Like literally wanted to take a part of. Well, actually, two teams I wanted to take a part of: the Croatian and Argentina one. I, I I just really just I I I really wanted to um go through that whole squad. Like, 
Okay, what does this what 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 makes this person so fortunate? That person so fortunate. This person so fortunate. What 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 what's his style of ball that he's bringing to the table? You know, like they do. I would actually would would love them to do a follow up. You know, what do you think, Kennedy? Think they should do a follow up on this? I think if you were going to do a follow up you do it from a completely different mindset, which mm-hmm. is you do a follow-up where legitimately you take it from the other end. Instead of talking about the Redeem team or the Olympics or anything like that, you do a documentary on documenting the rise of international basketball, talking about the FIBA League and all that stuff, like what it took for the international game to get as good as it was. And you treat it as like, we forced the NBA to get as good as they were because they were busting our butt with college talent year after year. And they would send their top college talent, but they wouldn't send the pros. They wouldn't send the grown men. They'd send the boys and the boys would beat us hands down. And then the dream team came and we realized, oh, right, this is what the pro level is. And it further shocked the international game where they realized, okay, this is the new standard. This is the barrier that we need to touch. You know, like we were we were doing well on the college level. We felt like we were getting better and better. And then the pros came in and now you know now we see why where we have to go and now we have to keep building and keep building i think that would be an amazing documentary and i think i would because that's that's a documentary where you get like four to six hours out of that and i think that would be super interesting i will totally back you on that one kennedy I'll back you up on that one. Yeah, but hopefully, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully, what we're saying gets to Netflix's ears. Hopefully, hopefully, you know. Yeah. I I hope that it can really, really work, and I hope that somebody is able to put in that amount of work to get a lot of those unsung heroes of international basketball out there so that way we could learn about them yeah because i mean they're doing it now but it's not as aggressive as it should be you know yeah you're right like i mean i've when during that time we were going through what we did in that um that the redeem team was going through you know i got to see a lot i i took it upon myself growing up when that was going on and i traveled within i traveled to a couple of states and i got to i was like yo where can i find people that really play like like they go hard when they play ball and they would, people would tell me, oh, um, you want to go up to the point or you want to go up to downtown Cleveland or you want to go over to the sticks. Nah, nah, go over, um, 
even in New York, like if I had to pick, if I had to say like the top places you could find good com- people were finding like boss, like comparison level, like pro level ballers, like people's like, oh, you got to go over to Rucker Park or you got to go over to um, upstate New York, the Westchester County Center. They have an open ball. They have an open um, gym night sometimes, and a lot of the a lot of big big ballers go there and they just you know play ball. And after going to these places, different places, and seeing it, I was like, "Yo, this this is like there's so many unsung basketball players. So many, like some of them, uh, um." Some of these unsung basketball players, they 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 play in or on um, like the organizations, like the and one, you know. Yeah, no, no, I I absolutely agree with that. Um, like I said, when I I saw the and one, it was just a little too short for me. Also, the reason that they broke up was it made perfect sense why they broke up so i didn't really want to get into it it wasn't really something for like a big conversation um but hey i i think there's a lot of really interesting sports documentaries that still haven't been told that could be told by netflix and could really would just be super interesting to like go into and everything like that yeah, 100%. 100% agree. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's that's it on the formal things we had to talk about. So, John, unless you got anything else to bring up, we can wrap this thing up and head on out. Yeah, I mean, I I, I feel like after talking about it right now, I feel like we just played a, 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 game, a, a five-man game Five on five just now. I'm like already out of breath. Nah, hey. Well, I I was I was doing the lifting with Kobe in the gym at five o'clock in the morning, so I'm I'm still in pretty good shape. But I I do understand that you know we've been here. Wait, you would bit. get up. You, you would get up at five o'clock in the morning. I mean, yes, I would. I would get up at five o'clock. I'm an insomniac, so I would have already been up. Like, Kobe would have been walking. I would have been like, oh, hey, Kobe, what's up? And Kobe would have been like, you up already? I was like, yeah. He's like, come on to the gym. And I was like, damn it, okay. And then I would just follow him down to the gym, just ironically. But that's just me. So let us end it off. So, John, tell people where to find you. All right, everybody. Well, you know, it's not hard to find me. You know, I'm not... I, I'm more likely probably at your favorite deli seeing if they can measure up to the delis I've been to where I've had awesome sandwiches. So you don't have to look far for me. You know, just Fat Man, Love Anime, NYC 21. Yes, I'm a big person. I love anime and I love food. And I'm been doing this 21 times every day of the week in NYC.
All right. Well, as I said, as I say all the time, if you want to find me personally, don't. I'm good. Please don't. But if you do want to talk to us about the podcast or anything like that, please feel free to reach out. So if you want to email yeah. us, you can find us at Two Sides Podcast. That's T-W-O-S-I-D-E-Z podcast at gmail.com. If you want to find us on Instagram, you can find us at Two Sides of a Coin. If you want to find us on Twitter, you can find us on Twitter at Two Sides Coin. You know, we'd love to hear from you. We'd love for you to reach out through there. And you can listen to us on Spotify. You can listen to us on YouTube. On Instagram, we drop not only the episode, but we also drop clips two times a week. So feel free. We love to hear from you. Love to listen to you. And, you know. And hear your opinion. And hear your opinion. So In the comments, of course. Catch you guys later. Let us.